Hey y'all, my name is Bryce. I have a new life in Christ and I'm in recovery from um, fear of man, depression, fear of intimacy, pornography, or an addiction to pornography, drug and alcohol abuse, and this past week, loneliness. Dang, typically, typically we only share three, but I share like six, six or seven. I got a lot of struggles, but it's here to be, it's good to be here with you guys again. Um, um, this week we are starting a brand new series on the topic of, topic of identity. Before I jump into that, I wanna share with you guys, I have this super, super, super sweet nephew named Adi. And he is, he bless his heart, my man thinks that he is Spider-Man. And I don't really know exactly when it started, but I remember my brother Zach, who, who's the father of Adi, um, older brother Zach, he, he told me the first time he showed um, Adi like a Spider-Man movie, The Amazing Spider-Man, he said Adi just like loved it. And then Zach started playing around with him and calling him Spider-Man because he would like jump around and like pretend he was shooting webs. And so he kind of caught onto this bit and Zach just thought it was funny. He's like, yeah, you're totally Spider-Man. You can shoot webs, you can do all this stuff. The hard part about it is that as time went on, Adi really started believing that he was Spider-Man to the point where he started like jumping up on the bunk bed, like on the, thing, on, like, the corner and like jumping off, trying to do some flips and stuff got really dangerous, ended up hurting himself. Zach said, hey, I just gotta break it to you, Adi. You're not actually Spider-Man. You cannot do these things, okay? Do, stop doing this, you're gonna hurt yourself. I start there because Adi, be, because of Zach, Adi really believed that he was Spider-Man. And because he believed that he was Spider-Man, he started doing things that Spider-Man would do. And I start there because tonight we're starting this topic on identity. And the reality of it is, is that the world is constantly telling us who we should be or who we could be, or that you can define who you truly are. You can pave the way into life and define your own identity. And in a similar, in a similar way, like Adi, believing that he was Spider-Man, sometimes what we are being told by the world and who we are, who we could be, or who we should be leads to destruction. Like it leads to damage in our lives. Um, and a lot of that may be caught up in money or status or career or um, this month specifically is Pride Month. And if you understand anything about the month of June being Pride Month, um, it's, for the, it's an LGBTQ identity month. And it's, we were talking about it earlier with the team. It's not so much about sexuality as it actually is identity. Like Pride Month's not really about sexuality. It's about our identity and taking pride in who you believe that you can become or who the world says you are. Um, and so this month, for these four weeks, beginning tonight, we're gonna be spotting the lies uh, that are um, told to us by the world about who we should be in our identity. But in order for us to spot the lies that lead to destruction, we have to, under, we have to first understand the truth. In order to spot the lies, we have to understand the truth. And this is why it matters to you, Regen. You're coming into Regen. Maybe this is your first time. If it is, welcome. Um, we're glad that you are here. Um, but this is why it matters to you because you're walking into this room and there's something off or maybe you stumbled your way in here and you didn't know it was regeneration, but something is going on in your life and you're looking for freedom or you're looking for to fill whatever that thing is. And because of that, um, you, what we believe to be true is that when you interact with God, you become new. And so I have this statement for you and you have to understand this. The reason why we're talking about identity and why it matters to you is because who you believe yourself to be will dictate the way that you live your life. Who you believe to yourself to be will determine 
the way that you live your life. And so tonight, I want to help you understand your true identity, your true down in the depths of your soul type of identity. I'm not talking about like what you like to eat um, or what your preferences are, or, you know, like your um, what type of sheets you like to sleep on. Sorry, my roommate <laughs> earlier today was talking about um, his bedding, but so that just came to my brain. But I'm not talking about these preferences or your likes or your dislikes. I'm talking about who you are down in the depths of your soul like in the, the foundation of what it means to be you, a human being, that's the identity that I'm talking about tonight. And so tonight we're gonna to talk about your true identity. But one thing to bring you guys into like this inner circle of ours, we are the region team composed of six people. We like to play this new game. Sierra really brought it up to us, but we like to play this game called Three Up, Three Down. Raise your hand if you know what Three Up, Three Down is. Oh, only, only our team. And maybe one of <laughs> That's it. Okay, well, if you've never seen it, it's, it, in my mind, it like kind of reminds me of Spicy Uno a little bit, but it's subpar. It's not as good as Spicy Uno. Um, and Sierra might bust me for that one. Um, but it's kind of confusing if you've never played it before. And so in order to learn the rules, every time we come together, we sit there at the table and I'm like, man, how do you, wait, can you tell me how to do this again? And then Sierra, without fail, will pull out her phone. No worries, I got you. It's like on speed dial, it's just beep, 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 and it's like on YouTube, and they have this six-minute video just telling us exactly how to play the game, and she loves it so much, she's just like. And she's probably listened to it like 15 times, but she loves just the way it explains it, and so she plays it for us every single time without fail. Well, also without fail, every time we're playing, it just kind of tells you how to navigate the game, but it doesn't tell you the exact rules. Sierra always tells us the rules, okay? And so if you get where I'm going out with this... Um, she tells us the rules, we start playing, and then inevitably we start kind of like butting heads and there's a little bit of heat happening. We start beefing at each other, like, yo, like that's not how you play the game. Let's do it like this. And she's like, no. And then we like argue at least for five minutes. And then inevitably we're like, well, all right, we're not getting anywhere and I'm trying to play this game. Let's just go to the rules. Let's just pull out the instruction. I don't read rules or like instructions, especially when I'm doing something with Ikea and it, it hurts me every single time. But... Um, we go to the rule book and we start reading it because we know that the person who created the game probably understands how it should best be played, right? And so another inevitable thing that occurs is that every time we go to the game, it's like the same rule, Sierra ends up being right. And then I'm just like, all right, give me another Reese's Buttercup. Let's go, let's play. <laughs> and so I just eat my feelings or whatever, which is a struggle. If you have a problem with that, Gluttony, <laughs> you should probably not do that. It's not a good thing. Um, but I say that, I say that because... <laughs> We look to the, whoever created the game um, in order to see what it looks like to best play the game or to have the most fun or get the most fulfillment out of it. And in the same way, to see our true identity, we have to go to the one who created our identity. If you want to know um, the fullness of life, the purpose of your life, like the end goal, like if you've ever asked yourself the question, like, does this even mean anything? You have to go to the one who created it. And he will surely tell you. And before, and we see that um, in, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. That's where we see our purpose, our identity, who we were created by and for. But before I get there and read it, I just want to pose this question because I'm not sure we've ever really thought about it. A lot of us don't question or think like this. But have you ever considered or wondered if you were actually not a cosmic accident? Like who you are, why you came into existence wasn't just some random collision of atoms and you appeared out of nowhere. And then 
out of nowhere, you started having to question what the purpose of your life was. Maybe, or have you ever considered or wondered that your coming into existence was planned? And not just planned, but intentional. That God himself saw you and thought you up before the beginning of time. He said, I'm going to create you for me, and I'm going to bless you. You didn't appear out of nowhere. You have a purpose. God has intentionally thought about you and created you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28 says, Then God said, after he made the heavens and the earth, he says, Then he said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So what did he do? God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so God here, in what God is saying here is that he created us very different than the rest of creation. Like we are not the same as animals. We are not the same as birds or fish or these things that creep on the ground that he talks about. Um, we are distinguished by them and not simply because of the way that we think or our consciousness, but because he created us to represent him. We resemble or reflect who God is in a special and distinct way over and against anything else in all of creation. And because of that, he says in verse 28, and God blessed them. You have been made uniquely by God for a purpose intentionally, and he blesses humanity. So basically, this is what that means. We were made by God for God. We were made by him for him. We came from him. He thought us up. He spoke us into existence, and he breathed life into our hearts and our minds and our souls. And then we were made to function a certain way for him. We were made by him for him. He created us to live in a certain way and to represent him on the earth, to bring glory to his name. So who we are and how we lived when God created us was defined by who he is. Everything we know, Everything we do defined by who God is. So our identity is children and representatives of the God of the universe. Children and representatives of God of the universe. And that life that he created us for was marked with peace and love and order. Peace, love, and order. Something every single one of us in this room longs for. Like we want the peace. Like we want contentment. We want order. We don't want things to be chaotic and broken. And we want love. We seek after it. And he said that it was very, very good. Like it was a good creation. Like that's what you were created for. And so you have this longing in your heart, right? It's because you were created for that. But something we all understand and we all probably know fairly well. And if you've heard of the story, if you've been around at all, sin entered the world. Sin entered the world and it turned everything upside down so that the world that we were created to live in that was marked with love, peace, and order began to be marked with hate and death and chaos. Something that we all know pretty well. Things that have probably brought you into this room. I can understand that. And what I mean by sin, if you're, under, if, if you're curious about what I mean by sin, it's basically this. Sin is basically what happened when we chose to exchange the truth about who God is for a lie. 
and by denying him and the way he created us to live. Like in the garden, we're like, okay, actually, I don't think that you should be God. I think I'm gonna define reality and the way that I should live and I'll be my own God. You can get out of here, God of the universe, whom gives me my very breath. And that's what we did. And so instead of us um, joyfully and truthfully uh, um, surrendering to who God has defined us, being made in his image, like to reflect him, we denied him. And we found when we once found our worth and our significance and identity in being made by him, because we denied him, now we have to find it elsewhere because we chose to. And inevitably, we find that we see our identity based upon what the world tells us. Instead of finding it in him, we we find it in the world. And so what do I mean by that? Um, A really practical way to understand that is ask yourself why you care about people's opinions so much. Like, why is it that when somebody thinks something of you, it completely changes your day? And why you go to great lengths in order to make sure that people like you or care about you or want you around so you'll change who you are based off of who you think that you think they want you to be. When you haven't even asked them, typically, it's a game. It's a mind game, and it shifts all the time. Or maybe it's social media, like you're just trying to keep up with whatever you see other people doing on social media. Or maybe it's that job position. You're like, hey, if I could just get there, if I could just get to this status, I will be who I think I should be. Or maybe that will fulfill me or bring me worth. Or maybe it's your feelings. Like whatever you feel like you should be today dictates the way that you act. Or maybe earlier today I was actually walking down here. And I just kind of felt this sense of like sadness and like exhaustion. And I was just thinking like, man, what's the point? Like that's a thought that crossed my head today on my way down here. I just thought, what's the point? And then as I'm coming here, I'm like remembering what I wrote down. It's just my feelings were dictating who I thought I was and my purpose here. Like what's really important or not. And I had to remind myself, it's just a feeling or maybe it's your sexuality. That's something the world tells us is so true today that you are who you desire sexually or what you desire sexually is who you are. Almost making like the very foundation of what it means to be a human being, what it um, depended upon the sexual preference that you have. As though that's like, that's the center of a human being. Friends, we were made for so much more, so much more. Or maybe it's the relationships um, that you're in, what you, the relationships that you do have or the relationships that you don't have. Maybe those define your things. And the reality of all this is that they often leave us empty. They leave us empty. Like if you achieve the thing that you think brings you life or worth or significance that you place your identity in, when you achieve that thing, if you go long enough and if you're there right now and you're like, no, I got all the stuff that I want. Like I'm pretty good. Like we're chill. You're probably, actually, that's probably not you because you're in region. Um, and I, hey, I'm just saying, like, I get that, like, raise my hand, I'm there too. Um, so I'm not pointing fingers. But actually, I point all the time, sorry. So what I'm saying is, is that if you've been there at all, um, and you've achieved that thing that you've put all your hopes and dreams into, pretty soon it will fail you. Pretty soon it won't tell you that it loves you anymore. The things of the world will not tell you that they love you forever. They will eventually run empty and dry, and you're left tired and wanting more. And so if you're here and you've ever wondered, okay, like, is there more to this world? If you're looking for that something more, 
It's not because um, you were made for something more. You were made for someone more. You weren't made for something better. You were made for a someone. And that's where we find our identity. We find our identity in God himself. And so if you experience the brokenness of that or you've run dry, or you're tired and you're weary and you're looking for, to fill that void, and you're like, okay, Bryce, like, you just told me that I'm created by God for God and I just still feel the same way. So like, what does that have to do with me? Like, how, does, how do I fit in there because I'm just here and I don't know what to do? Well, the good thing is, is that you don't got to do anything because he's done something. And if you've ever heard of what it is, the gospel, God has come down to redeem you, to bring you back into where you belong. Like we denied him and ran our own direction, but he loved us so much that he came down. He's like, I know that you want to love the world, that you love the world, but it's destroying you and I'm here to bring you back. I'm here to bring you back to your rightful identity, defined by him and not the world, because it never satisfies. It never satisfies. And he did that by paying the penalty of our death on the cross. Like when he did that and he was buried and he was resurrected from the dead, he then ascended into heaven. And when he ascended into heaven in Acts 2, he pours out his spirit that the presence of Jesus, the promise of Jesus, bringing you back into the family of God is now made available to you. So how do you receive the promise of being back in the family of God, resuming your true identity and being freed from the brokenness of this world? How do you do that? You do that by surrendering to that truth. You surrender to the truth of who God is. You surrender your life. Jesus talks about it. He says this in Mark chapter 12, verse 14 through 17. And they came to him and, they came to him and said to him, and the people who were coming here were Pharisees or, and these people called the Herodians. They said, teacher, we know that you are true and that you do not care about anyone's opinion. Man, Jesus, I was just thinking funny. We know that you are true and you don't care about anybody's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. Jesus is looking at the heart. He's not looking at what you're wearing. He's not looking at your status or your career or what car you drive, although we place our identity in those things as often as possible. Um, But truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? Real quickly, Caesar was the king of Rome, and Rome had overtaken Jerusalem. So everything that the Jews did or did not do was dictated by the authority above them, which was Caesar. And Jesus was coming saying, hey, I'm the son of God. I'm the king of the Jews. And so they go up to Jesus, and they're asking them, should we pay taxes or should we not pay them? And he said, but knowing their hypocrisy, because they came to just try to trap him in his words, to try to, they wanted a reason why, they wanted to find a reason why everybody would deny him. He said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And a denarius is what we would consider like a, like a quarter or any type of coin. He said, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. So it's like George Washington's face, but it's Caesar's. And they said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, okay, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And to God, the things that are God's. And they all marveled at him. Jesus is saying 
that the coin has the image of Caesar on it. So therefore it belongs to Caesar. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. If he demands it, give it to him because it rightfully belongs to him. His image is engraved on this coin. But you, my people, you, my children who have run off and who are far away from me, you are made in my image. My image is engraved upon you. Your identity is based off of who I am. So give yourself to whom you belong to. The coin belonged to Caesar. You belong to God because you were made in his image. That's your perfect purpose. That's what God created you to do. And if you surrender to the truth of him who is Jesus Christ, if you surrender to him by faith, you can be made new. Because we were made by God for God, and while we return to him over time, he says that he promises to restore you to your true identity. Now, what is that identity now in this world? What does that mean for us if we're going to be restored to our true identity? That means that the true identity that God has created you for and is now transforming you towards is the one that's in perfect relationship with him. The one that is freed from addiction. The one identity that is forgiven, the identity that's um, blessed, the scripture says, the one that's healed from the past and the one that has fullness of life and the one who has peace, not just in the good times, but peace and hope in the suffering. Like that's the identity that God is offering to you. And you can receive it by faith tonight. He's calling you back home. Will you trust him? Will you take a chance to say, okay, God, if you are who you say you are, and you made me for you, then like, let's see what this looks like. I trust you. Tonight we're gonna hear a story of one of our leaders, good friend, Mike Chu. He's gonna tell you about the story of transformation that God has done in his life as he learned to surrender his identity to him. So will y'all welcome Mike up here for me.